And we're live back here at Sebi's Podcast, the greatest podcast created since television. Our opening segment today is proud and sponsored by Geico. Geico, Geico. Wherever you're in an auto accident or auto insurance is doing a meltdown, have no fear. Geico says it's only 15 minutes can save you 15% on your car insurance. Make sure you hit our guys from Geico. And folks, <laughs> if you thought... That week three was crazy. <laughs> Wait till you hear about week four. Week four in the NFL. <laughs> what, what, what did I tell you guys about the Miami Dolphins? Didn't, didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you? When the Miami Dolphins can't benefit off prosperity. They, can't, they just can't prosper. Miami Dolphins. No, they're not a bad team. And no, I do not think they're bums at all. But what did I tell you guys? When the big game come and the big game and the big moments arrive in the spotlight, they always come short. They kind of remind you of the Bengals. The Bengals. Well, well, the Bengals are very, very talented, very good regular season team. Led by Danny Dalton and stars like AJ Green and uh, now Giovanni Bernard and Joe Mixon. Um, you know, Vontez Burfitt is a great player, although he can't stay away from trouble. Uh, you got guys that can get after the quarterback and Geno Atkins and, um, you know, Carlos Dunlap and guys like that. And, and and Marvin Lewis is a competent coach. But what's always the, the knock in the heel of the Bengals? Can't win the big game. Can't win the big game. You can make that same correlation with the Miami Dolphins. Yes, Miami's good. Yes, they're an upcoming team. Yes, they are ascending. They can never win the big game. And ultimately, this is this that that's what happens. And I, I've been hearing the Miami Herald post getting pummeled and blasted by New England. I haven't heard anything down there. Oh, we're gonna beat the Patriots. We're gonna go up there. We're gonna, you know, show our superiority. We're feeling good. We've got the swagger. We've got this. We've got that. The defense. Have you seen our secondary? You know, Rashard Jones, Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, first rounder. And look at the plays that Xavier Howard is playing. <laughs> yeah, blasphemous. You go out there and you get blasted. And don't say I didn't tell you guys that this was coming. Don't don't say that, folks. Don't say that he, I, I didn't see this coming. Because one thing I know about New England is by far in the last two decades, if, if you want to make this comparison, they are the spurs of football. This is a system. Greg Popovich, Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, Tim Duncan. You know, cornerstone franchise players that people build around, that they surround themselves around. Iconic figures like that. And then the great head coach that buys into the system and what they're trying to build in. Oh, we're going to go out there and we're going to make it a game. Next thing you know, you look up on the billboards at the end of the game, 38-7. And there goes your season right there. (laughs) <laughs> and of course, there's always been some great things here in week four as well. Um, let's let's kind of talk about Patrick Mahomes. And I think that I talk, talked about Patrick Mahomes on our last segment. 
how good he is and and and, and stuff. But I, I don't think I really went in depth of how great is Patrick Mahomes. And I don't think that you guys really understand what are we witnessing, what the evolution that we're witnessing right now at the quarterback position in the NFL. No, he's not your conventional quarterback like a Peyton Manning, Rodgers, or, 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 or Drew Brees. He's more unconventional, uh, read option type things like we mentioned in the past. And, uh, you know, uh, we don't block the, the defensive end. We make him have to, you know, whether he's going to dive to the running back or whether he's going to take the quarterback or, or whether he stays home. More of that West Coast, Urban Meyer, collegiate offense that uh, Andy Reid has implemented in Patrick Mahomes' game, ultimately to be successful for, for the Kansas City Chiefs and how great they are right now. And you ask yourself, you, you just ask yourself, how good is Patrick Mahomes? And, and one of our colleagues, one of our colleagues in the uh, South Carolina area uh, told me this question and I said, I don't know. And I told him I'd get back to you in, about, in a couple of days and, and, and you know what? Andy Reid himself has said that he thinks that he is Brett Favre reincarnated. Now, Brett Favre, we all know. A, a gunslinger's mentality, uh, a rocket of an arm. I mean, Brett Favre, 508 and eight touchdowns, um, you know, three-time NFL MVP regular season, uh, won the Super Bowl in 1996, defeating the Patriots, his only Super Bowl. And, and, and Brett Favre is a legend in the, in the fans and the hearts of cheeseheads and Packer fans out there in Green Bay, Wisconsin. But when I really took a look and I started dissecting, you know, a, a, a game similarities, variations, um, what what they see downfield, what the defense is presenting to them and how they methodically, you know, you know, counter that. And I looked at both films. I looked at Patrick Mahomes films and I looked at Brett Favre films. And if they're not identical, boy, it's probably as close when you think about it. Patrick Mahomes. And Andy Reid has said that he thinks he is Brett Favre reincarnated. And and I I would I wouldn't argue about that. I think he's he, he's, he's if he's not dead on, he, boy, is he quite close. Patrick Mahomes, what does he think? What what do you think about Patrick Mahomes? Well, Patrick Mahomes. He's got a size and the frame of Cam Newton. 6'4", not 250 like Cam, about 240, 245. Um, one of my colleagues said he's a bag of chips away from being a tight end. <laughs> a, a quite humorous. But, you know, uh, I'll to say that he's strong, he's built, um, he's low center gravity, he's, he's got the big frame, the muscles that he can take the hits from uh, big and opposing D-lines and linebackers. And... You know, he's got the, the built of Cam Newton and the frame like him. He can run, you know, like Cam. And then outside of the pocket where I think he's ever so dangerous. When he gets outside the pocket, he has the awareness and the intangibles to look downfield and make the throws. You know, some quarterbacks, when they get out the pocket, they start to panic or they start to, you know, get running, running for a couple yards and then they'll, whether they'll slide or they'll run out of bounds. Patrick Mahomes doesn't do that. He's more of your Aaron Rodgers or your Russell Wilson. Yes, he'll run if need be to pick up a couple of first downs. But when he runs, his first option 
in Reed is to live downfield. And that's when he's ever so dangerous, when he's a throw to weapons like a Tyreek Hill, where it's a, a Kelsey or, um, you know, to a, a Dexter McAllister or a Kareem Hunt that they have. You know, that's when he could be ever so dangerous or a DeAnthony Thomas um, to that extent. And, and that's where he can be ever so dangerous. And I thought to myself, okay, well, if a guy that is 6'4", 245, he can run. He can throw inside the pocket. He can throw outside the pocket. That's when he becomes ever so dangerous. And then, you know, and, and he has, and think about this, and the man can throw with his left hand. The man can throw with his left hand. You know, uh, you know how disheartening that is for a defensive line that is pushing up and pushing and, and putting pressure and trying to collapse a pocket and, and worrying about trying to keep the quarterback inside the pocket and then he escapes outside the pocket. And then once you get a chance to get your hands in and grab him behind your waist, he makes a, a, a play. And we, we've all seen the YouTube clips and we've all seen... The, the highlights on uh, whether it's on Sports Center, ESPN, or whatever sports network it may be. We all seen the left-handed pass that he threw to Tyree Kill in last Monday night's game in Denver, in Mile High, for that first down. And you ask yourself, how do you game plan for a guy like that? How do you stop a guy like that? He's built like Cam Newton. He can run like him. He can escape the pocket like an Aaron Rodgers. He could beat you inside the pocket if need be like an Aaron Rodgers. Not saying he is, but I'm saying as in terms of similarities, they do have uh, uh, their games are uh, can correlate amongst each other. And, and, and then after that, you, you know, he's a magician. You know, you try to bring him down. He'll spin away. He'll dodge you. He'll throw with his left hand. And, and you think, how do you game plan with a guy like that? My colleagues have said that, you know, uh, Andy Dalton, uh, not Andy Dalton, Andy Reid got this quarterback and it just kind of fell on his lap. And I told him, well, he didn't fall in his lap. If, if, if we can remember in 2017, when Patrick Mahomes got drafted out of Texas Tech, and, uh, Andy, Andy Reid as a coach was at the 20th spot. He traded up a lot of his assets to get to the 10th spot in order to trade up and draft Patrick Mahomes and he's paid big dividends for him I mean you know if if, if Andy Reid is not the best coach in the NFL boy he's in the top three because you know you look at the totality of what he's done in his career Donovan McNabb to Michael Vick now to Alex Smith with the resurgence people forget and a couple years ago Alex Smith had the the biggest completion percentage of his career uh, throwing around 67 to 68 percent of his throws and of course you know Patrick Mahomes now in, in the Patrick Mahomes area era should I say and, and, and you say to yourself you know Andy Andy Reid is a damn good coach I mean you know and and one thing about him he knows how to draft talent and prospects he knows in particular quarterbacks and running backs Donovan McNabb you, you know, and, and, and Westbrook, you know, with that, that, that two-headed monster, that two-handed tandem. You had Michael Vick, and then you had Shady McCoy for, for a couple of years. 
you had, you know, Alex Smith and and now uh, and Jamal Charles, now in a little bit of Kareem Hunt, and now you have the Patrick Mahomes era and Kareem Hunt. Andy Reid, and, and not just him, the Andy Reeds of the world, the Matt Nagy's of the world, the the uh, uh, Sean McVay's in LA. These guys, these innovative, creative mind, offensive callers, uh, uh, Josh McDaniels for uh, New England. These guys, they're revolutionizing not only the quarterback position in the NFL, but uh, how offenses and defenses have to game plan now. Because they're, they're finding innovative and strategic ways to get receivers open and matched up in linebackers. You're getting running backs matched up with linebackers. Getting safeties matched up with tight ends, you know, creative things like that. And, and, and you ask yourself, you know, why aren't a lot of teams and a lot of head coaches doing that in the NFL? Why are they so conservative? Uh, they're not a uh, liberal and and they're so upheld in the traditional, you know, uh, under center, uh, three-step drop or seven-step drop. And we're going to release the football. Or we're going to do a lot of audibles in a pre-snap and post-snaps. And they're not, you know... I would just say getting with the program or or you know getting with the new the the new age of offenses which is you know big 12 type offenses uh, spread them out spread offenses uh, read option type things and, and people said that you know this wouldn't last in the NFL and Chip Kelly brought it a couple years ago and he failed what these offensive minds like a Matt Nagy Andy Reid and Sean McVay has done is rejuvenize these uh, these quarterbacks and using their assets and their strengths to ultimately get the best of them in their success. And we see what Matt Nagy's done right now with the Chicago Bears. We see what Sean McVay is doing for the LA Rams and ultimately in our topic here with Andy Reid for the Kansas City Chiefs. So, like I said, I mean, the Chiefs are going to be very tough to handle. This week they've got a, a, a a very tough opponent in the Jacksonville Jaguars. Essentially, it's strength against strength. Jacksonville, the top-rated defense against, you know, the Chiefs, the top-rated offense um, in the NFL. That should be fun to watch. But uh, Patrick Mahomes, this is what I took from that. Patrick Mahomes is is dynamite. And the Patrick Mahomes show has, I think, just started. You know, uh, facing adversity in mile high. At you know, in Denver, on top of altitude, down 10 in the fourth quarter, you have Vaughn Miller, a premier pass rusher in the NFL, breathing down your neck. And then you find a way to make a left-handed play to keep the chains going, get a first down, ultimately get them in the red zone, hand it off to Kareem Hunt, and lead your team to victory, a comeback victory for them. And this is what I've got uh, from that. So Patrick Mahomes uh, definitely stood out to me, as well as another guy. And I think I, I kind of touched on his uh, coach earlier. The Bears. The Bears right now, guys, are 3-1 and one in the NFC North. If you told me that the, in the beginning of this season that the Bears would be 3-1 and one in the top of the NFC North right now, I'd look at you crazy and I'd say, you don't know what you're talking about. Well, now, if you told me that, 
I would understand. You know, we're bringing the addition of a Khalil Mack. Already having Leonard Floyd on the opposite side and then Eddie Goldman in the defensive tackle position. And then, you know, um, have a Raekwon Smith picking up eighth overall pick. He could be your cornerstone middle linebacker or your eventual signal caller of the defense. And then after that, you have Matt Nagy as your head coach, rejuvenating and revolutionizing Mitch Trubisky's career. Now, if you told me that, I'd be like, hmm, okay, potentially you got something. You know, but if you told me that in the beginning of the season, I'd look at you crazy. Like what? The Bears? Do you know who they have in the other division? The bad man that Aaron Rodgers is in the Green Bay Packers, and then arguably one of the best rosters in the NFL, and they got an eighty-four million dollar man, you know, as their quarterback in in Kirk Cousins. I look at you crazy and be like, what? You think that they're gonna be uh, 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 in? Not even in in the running but in contention for an nfc north crown i'd look at you crazy and i'm like what no no this is just mind-blowing what matt nagacy if he's not in contention for coach of the year i don't i don't know who to give it to i mean Sean McVay won it last year, and <laughs> he's well-deserved to get it again this year. But Matt Nagy, what he's done. Mitch Trubisky, uh, against, and I'll give it to you, a woeful and a bad Buccaneers team. You know, six touchdowns, 354 yards. Khalil Mack, an NFL record. And, and Raider fans, Raider ownership, and, and GMs must be sick to their stomach. They must be sick to their stomach, asking themselves, why did we let a guy like that you go to the bears you didn't want to pay him they think that khalil max the khalil max of the world grow on trees which they don't you, you know and now they're chewing crow and then and, and, and having a knife stab into their heart and saying why did he just pay khalil max the money that he wanted and the money that he deserved and and and, and he felt like he wasn't wanted well you know what He's wanted in the Bears, and he's already made uh, an impactful, and I mean an impactful and a significant boost in that Bears uh, defense right now. Bears defense, top 10 uh, overall. I think they're seventh ranked. They get after the quarterback. They lead the NFL in sacks right now through four weeks, 17 sacks. Uh, Khalil Mack has four of them, as well as four fumble force. You know, four sacks and four fumble force. What does that tell you? That tells me that not only he's a three-down guy, that tells me that he's getting after the quarterback, as well as in the run game, you know, he's stopping the run. And then double teams aren't stopping him. Triple teams ain't stopping him because he's too slithery. He's too too crafty to, to, to get double team and let that affect him. And that, that's what tells me. So, you know, sometimes these metrics and these things and... and, and you know, these stats can be misleading. But when I see through four games, when I see a guy that has four sacks in four games and has an NFL record, each of those games has forced a forced fumble, which is an NFL record alone by itself, and has four fumbles and four sacks through four games this season, that tells me that you're doing your job. And that tells me that you're getting every penny that you deserve. And that is what Khalil Mack has done for that Bears defense and, and, and give credit 
give credit to them. We thought that the Bears this year, you know, Mitch Trubisky in his second year, uh, they got guys like Allen Robinson coming away from injury. Um, you know, they always had a stud in that two-man horse that they had with Tariq Cohen and, show, uh, you know, Howard in the backfield. And, and we knew that they were going to be good running the football. But, boy, and, and <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to expect with the Bears. They're still inexperienced. They're still a young team. But that's far in four weeks. You got to respect them because they can get after the quarterback with, with Raekwon Smith, Khalil Mack, the Mack daddy himself as well as Leonard Floyd. And, and they can stop the run inside with Golden. You know, they get they get off the field on third downs, you know, and they have an opportunistic offense with Mitch, Mitch Trubisky running the help now. And Matt Nagy, you know, finding creative ways and, and minds and, and, and different ways to get guys like Trey Burton out of the Eagles that they picked up as a great free agent acquisition on their team to, to do these things for them on the passing game. Uh, Allen Robinson, you know, they lost Cameron Meredith, but they've made, you know, different things to kind of, you know, you know, you know kind of neutralize those. And, and this is what I've got from the Bears, you know. They may, they may not be good this year. They may get in, into a wild card or potentially win the North or, or get into the playoff and get down south early. But the Bears, I tell you folks, are going to be very dangerous and a real force to reckon with for many, perhaps years to come in that NFC because they can get after the quarterback. They have an opportunistic offense. They can run the football. They have dynamic players like Tariq Cohen that you could put in the X, put in the Y, you, you returning guy, it kind of your poor man's, you know, Tyreek Hill, not essentially Tyreek Hill, but he, he's a do-it-all type running back. And one of those new age running backs that you could put in the X and the Y and match him up with linebackers. So the Bears are going to be a very interesting team to watch for and, 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 and take because, you know, the Vikings are looking good right now. Aaron Rodgers isn't healthy. So if there were any time that the Bears could benefit off of these uh, teams that are looking bad, it would be now. And boy, the Bears are going to have a bright future ahead of them. And this is Sebi's Podcast. And we're live back here at Sebi's Podcast. The greatest podcast created since television. Our opening segment today is proud and sponsored by Geico. Geico, Geico. Whoever in your auto accident or auto insurance is doing a meltdown, have no fear. Geico says it's only 15 minutes can save you 15% on your car insurance. Make sure you hit our guys from Geico. And folks, <laughs> if you thought that week three was crazy... <laughs> Wait till you hear about week four. Week four in the NFL. <laughs> what, what, what did I tell you guys about the Miami Dolphins? Didn't, didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you? When the Miami Dolphins can't benefit off prosperity. They, can't, they just can't prosper. Miami Dolphins. No, they're not a bad team. And no, I do not think they're bums at all. But what did I tell you guys? When the big game come and the big game and the big moments arrive in the spotlight, they always come short. 
They kind of remind you of the Bengals. The Bengals. Well, well, the Bengals are very, very talented, very good regular season team. Led by Danny Dalton and stars like A.J. Green and uh, now Giovanni Bernard and Joe Mixon. Um, you know, Vontez Burfitt is a great player, although he can't stay away from trouble. Uh, you got guys that can get after the quarterback and Geno Atkins and, um, you know, Carlos Dunlap and guys like that. And, and, and Marvin Lewis is a competent coach. But what's always the, the knock in the heel of the Bengals? Can't win the big game. Can't win the big game. You can make that same correlation with the Miami Dolphins. Yes, Miami's good. Yes, they're an upcoming team. Yes, they are ascending. They can never win the big game. And ultimately, this is this that that's what happened. And I, I've been hearing the Miami Herald post getting pummeled and blasted by New England. I haven't heard anything down there. Oh, we're going to beat the Patriots. We're going to go up there. We're going to, you know, show our superiority. We're feeling good. We've got the swagger. We've got this. We've got that. The defense. Have you seen our secondary? You know, Rashard Jones, Minka Fitzpatrick, first rounder. And look at the plays that Xavier Howard is playing. (laughs) Yeah. Blasphemous. You go out there and you get blasted. And don't say I didn't tell you guys that this was coming. Don't don't say that, folks. Don't say that he, I, I didn't see this coming. Because one thing I know about New England is by far in the last two decades, if, if you want to make this comparison, they are the spurs of football. This is a system. Greg Popovich, Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, Tim Duncan, you know, cornerstone franchise players that people build around, that they surround themselves around, iconic figures like that. And then the great head coach that buys into the system and what they're trying to build in. Oh, we're going to go out there and we're going to make it a game. Next thing you know, you look up on the billboards at the end of the game, 38-7. And, and there goes your season right there. <laughs> and of course, there's always been some great things here in week four as well. Um, let's let's kind of talk about Patrick Mahomes. And I think that I talk, talked about Patrick Mahomes on our last segment, how good he is and, 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 and stuff. But I, I don't think I really went in depth of how great is Patrick Mahomes. And I don't think that you guys really understand what are we witnessing, what the evolution that we're witnessing right now at the quarterback position in the NFL. No, he's not your conventional quarterback like a Peyton Manning, Rodgers, or, 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 or Drew Brees. He's more unconventional, uh, read option type things like we mentioned in the past. And, uh, you know, uh, we don't block the, the defensive end. We make him have to, you know, whether he's going to dive to the running back or whether he's going to take the quarterback or, or whether he stays home. More of that West Coast, Urban Meyer, collegiate offense that uh, Andy Reid has implemented in Patrick Mahomes' game, ultimately to be successful for, for the Kansas City Chiefs and how great they are right now. And you ask yourself, you, you just ask yourself, how good is Patrick Mahomes? And, and one of our colleagues, one of our colleagues in the uh, 
South Carolina area uh, told me this question and I said I don't know and I told him I'd get back to you in about in a couple of days and and, and you know what Andy Reid himself has said that he thinks that he is Brett Favre reincarnated now Brett Favre we all know a, a gunslinger's mentality uh, a rocket of an arm I mean Brett Favre 508 touchdowns um, you know three-time NFL MVP regular season uh, won the Super Bowl in 1996 defeating the Patriots his only Super Bowl and, and, and Brett Favre is a legend in the in the fans and the hearts of cheeseheads and Packer fans out there in Green Bay Wisconsin but when I really took a look and I started dissecting you know a, a, a game similarities variations um, what what they see downfield what the defense is presenting to them and how they methodically you know, you know, counter that. And I looked at both films. I looked at Patrick Mahomes films and I looked at Brett Favre films. And if they're not identical, boy, it's probably as close when you think about it. Patrick Mahomes. And Andy Reid has said that he thinks he is Brett Favre reincarnated. And and I I, I would I wouldn't argue about that. I think he's he, he's, he's, if he's not dead on, he, boy, is he quite close. Patrick Mahomes, what does he think? What, what do you think about Patrick Mahomes? Well, Patrick Mahomes, he's got a size and the frame of Cam Newton. 6'4", not 250 like Cam, about 240, 245. Um, one of my colleagues said he's a bag of chips away from being a tight end. <laughs> quite humorous. But, you know, uh, I'll to say that he's strong, he's built. Um, he's low center gravity. He's, he's got the big frame, the muscles that he can take the hits from uh, big and opposing D lines and linebackers. And, you know, he, he's got the, the built of Cam Newton and the frame like him. He can run, you know, like Cam. And then outside of the pocket, where I think he's ever so dangerous. When he gets outside the pocket, he has the awareness and the intangibles to look downfield and make the throws. You know, uh, some quarterbacks, when they get out the pocket, they start to panic or they start to, you know, get running, running for a couple yards and then they'll, whether they'll slide or they'll run out of bounds. Patrick Mahomes doesn't do that. He's more of your Aaron Rodgers or your Wilson Wilson. Yes, he'll run if need be to pick up a couple of first downs. But when he runs, his first option, Reed, is to look downfield. And that's when he's ever so dangerous, when he can throw it to weapons like a Tyreek Hill, where it's a, a Kelsey or... Um, you know, to a uh, Dexter McAllister or a Kareem Hunt that they have. You know, that's when he could be ever so dangerous or a DeAnthony Thomas um, to that extent. And and that's where he can be ever so dangerous. And I thought to myself, okay, well, if a guy that is 6'4", 245, he can run. He can throw inside the pocket. He can throw outside the pocket. That's when he becomes ever so dangerous. And then, you know, and, and he has, and think about this, and the man can throw with his left hand. The man can throw with his left hand. You know, uh, you know how disheartening that is for a defensive line that is pushing up and pushing and, and putting pressure and trying to collapse a pocket and, and worrying about trying to keep the quarterback 
inside the pocket and then he escapes outside the pocket. And then once you get a chance to get your hands in and grab him behind your waist, he makes a, a, a play. And we, we've all seen the YouTube clips and we've all seen the, the highlights on uh, whether it's on SportsCenter, ESPN or whatever sports network it may be. We all seen the left-handed pass that he threw to Tyree Kill in last Monday night's game in Denver in mile high for that first down. And you ask yourself, how do you game plan for a guy like that? How do you stop a guy like that? He's built like Cam Newton. He can run like him. He can escape the pocket like an Aaron Rodgers. He can beat you inside the pocket if need be like an Aaron Rodgers. Not saying he is, but I'm saying as in terms of similarities, they do have, uh, uh, their games are, uh, can correlate amongst each other. And, and, and then after that, you, you know, he's a magician. You know, you try to bring him down, he'll spin away, he'll dodge you, he'll throw with his left hand, and, and you think, how do you game plan with a guy like that? And my colleagues have said that, you know, uh, Andy Dalton, uh, not Andy Dalton, Andy Reid got this quarterback and it just kind of fell on his lap. And I told him, he didn't fall in his lap. If, if, if we can remember in 2017, when Patrick Mahomes got drafted out of Texas Tech, and uh, Andy, Andy Reid, as a coach, was at the 20th spot. He traded up a lot of his assets to get to the 10th spot in order to trade up and draft Patrick Mahomes. And, and he's paid big, big dividends for him. I mean, you know, if, if, if Andy Reid is not the best coach in the NFL, boy, he's in the top three. Because, you know, you, you look at the totality of what he's done in his career. Donovan McNabb to Michael Vick, now to Alex Smith with the resurgence. People forget, and a couple years ago, Alex Smith had the, the biggest completion percentage of his career, uh, throwing around 67 to 68% of his throws. And of course, you know, Patrick Mahomes now in, in the Patrick Mahomes area, era, should I say. And, and, and you say to yourself, you know, Andy, Andy Reid is a damn good coach. I mean, you know, and, and one thing about him, he knows how to draft talent and prospects. He knows, in particular, quarterbacks and running backs. Donovan McNabb, you, you know, and, and, and Westbrook, you know, with that, that, that two-headed monster, that two-handed tandem. You had Michael Vick, and then you had Shady McCoy for, for a couple of years. You had, you know, Alex Smith and and now uh, and Jamal Charles now and a little bit of Kareem Hunt. And now you have the Patrick Mahomes era and Kareem Hunt. Andy Reid, and, and not just him, the Andy Reeds of the world, the Matt Nagy's of the world, the, the uh, uh, Sean McVay's in LA, these guys, these innovative, creative mind, offensive callers, uh, uh, Josh McDaniels for uh, New England, these guys, they're revolutionizing not only the quarterback position in the NFL, but uh, how offenses and defenses have to game plan now, because they're, they're finding innovative and strategic ways to get receivers open and matched up in linebackers. You're getting running backs matched up with linebackers. Getting safeties matched up with tight ends. And, you know, creative things like that. And, and, and you ask yourself, you know, why aren't a lot of teams and a lot of head coaches doing that in the NFL? Why are they so conservative? Uh, they're not a uh, liberal. And, and, and they're so upheld in the traditional 
you know, uh, under center, uh, three-step drop or seven-step drop, and we're going to release the football. Uh, we're going to do a lot of audibles in a pre-snap and post-snaps. And, and they're not, you know, I would just say getting with the program or, or you know, getting with the new the, the new age of offenses, which is, you know, big 12 type offenses, uh, spread them out, spread offenses, uh, read option type things. And people said that, you know, this wouldn't last in the NFL. And Chip Kelly brought it a couple years ago and he failed. What these offensive minds like a Matt Nagy, Andy Reid and Sean McVay has done is rejuvenize these, uh, these quarterbacks and using their assets and their strengths to ultimately you get the best of them in their success and we see what Matt Nagy's done right now with the Chicago Bears we see what Sean McVay is doing for the LA Rams and ultimately in our topic here with Andy Reid for the Kansas City Chiefs so like I said I mean the Chiefs are going to be very tough to handle this week they've got a, a, a very tough opponent in the Jacksonville Jaguars essentially it's strength against strength Jacksonville, the top-rated defense against, you know, the Chiefs, the top-rated offense um, in the NFL. That should be fun to watch. But uh, Patrick Mahomes, this is what I took from that. Patrick Mahomes is is dynamite. And the Patrick Mahomes show has, I think, just started. You know, uh, facing adversity in Mile High, at, you know, in Denver, on top of altitude, down 10 in the fourth quarter. You have Vaughn Miller, a premier pass rusher in the NFL, breathing down your neck. And then you find a way to make a left-handed play to keep the chains going, get a first down, ultimately get them in the red zone, hand it off to Kareem Hunt, and lead your team to victory, a comeback victory for them. And and this is what I've got uh, from that. So Patrick Mahomes uh, definitely stood out to me, as well as another guy. And I think I, I kind of touched on his uh, coach earlier. The Bears. The Bears right now, guys, are 3-1 and one in the NFC North. If you told me that the, in the beginning of this season that the Bears would be 3-1 and one in the top of the NFC North right now, I'd look at you crazy and I'd say, you don't know what you're talking about. Well, now, if you told me that, I would understand. You know, we're bringing the addition of a Khalil Mack. Already having Leonard Floyd on the opposite side and then Eddie Goldman in the defensive tackle position. And then, you know, um, have a Raekwon Smith picking up eighth overall pick. He could be your cornerstone middle linebacker or your eventual signal caller of the defense. And then after that, you have Matt Nagy as your head coach, rejuvenating and revolutionizing Mitch Trubisky's career. Now, if you told me that, I'd be like, hmm, okay, potentially you got something. You know, but if you told me that in the beginning of the season, I'd look at you crazy. Like, what? The Bears? Do you know who they have in the other division? The bad man that Aaron Rodgers is in the Green Bay Packers. And then arguably one of the best rosters in the NFL. And they got an $84 million man, you know, as their quarterback in, in Kirk Cousins. I look at you crazy and be like, what? You think that they're going to be uh, 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 in not even in in the running but in contention for an nfc north crown i'd look at you crazy and i'm like what no no this is just mind-blowing what matt nagy see if 
he's not in contention for coach of the year. I don't, I don't know who to give it to. I mean, Sean McVay won it last year, and <laughs> he's well-deserved to get it again this year. But Matt Nagy, what he's done. Mitch Trubisky uh, against, and I'll give it to you, a woeful and a bad Buccaneers team. You know, six touchdowns, 354 yards. Khalil Mack, an NFL record. And and Raider fans, Raider ownership and, and GMs must be sick to their stomach. They must be sick to their stomach asking themselves, why did we let a guy like that go to the Bears? You didn't want to pay him. They think that Khalil Max, the Khalil Max of the world, grow on trees, which they don't. You, you know, and now they're chewing crow. And then and, and, and having a knife stab into their heart and saying, why did he just pay Khalil Max the money that he wanted and the money that he deserved? And, 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 and he felt like he wasn't wanted. Well, you know what? He's wanted in the Bears and he's already made uh, an impactful and I mean an impactful and a significant boost in that Bears uh, defense right now Bears defense top 10 uh, overall they're, I think they're 7th ranked they get after the quarterback they lead the NFL in sacks right now through 4 weeks 17 sacks Khalil uh, Mack has 4 of them as well as 4 fumble force you know 4 sacks and 4 fumble force what does that tell you that tells me that not only he's a three-down guy, that tells me that he's getting after the quarterback, as well as in the run game, you know, he's stopping the run. And then double teams aren't stopping him. Triple teams ain't stopping him because he's too slithery. He's too too crafty to to, to get double team and let that affect him. And that, that's what tells me. So, you know, sometimes these metrics and these things and... and, and you know, these stats can be misleading. But when I see through four games, when I see a guy that has four sacks in four games and has an NFL record, each of those games has forced a forced fumble, which is an NFL record alone by itself, and has four fumbles and four sacks through four games this season, that tells me that you're doing your job. And that tells me that you're getting every penny that you deserve. And that is what Khalil Mack has done for that Bears defense and, and, and give credit give credit to them we thought that the Bears this year you know Mitch Chigricki in his second year uh, they got guys like Allen Robinson coming away from injury um, you know they always had a stud in that two-man horse that they had with Tariq Cohen and show uh, you know Howard in the backfield and, and we knew that they were going to be good running the football but boy and, and <laughs> I mean I don't know what to expect with the Bears. They're still an experience. They're still a young team. But that's far in four weeks. You got to respect them because they can get after the quarterback with, with Raekwon Smith, Khalil Mack, the Mack daddy himself, as well as Leonard Floyd. And, and, and they can stop the run inside with Golden. You know, they get, they get off the field on third downs, you know, and they have an opportunistic offense with Mitch, Mitch Trubisky running the help now. And Matt Nagy, you know, finding creative ways and, and minds and, and, and different ways to get guys like Trey Burton out of the Eagles that they picked up as a great free agent acquisition on their team to, to do these things for them on the passing game. Uh, Allen Robinson, you know, they lost Cameron Meredith, but they've made, you know, different things to kind of, you know, you know, you know, kind of 
neutralize those. And, and this is what I've got from the Bears. You know, they, they may they may not be good this year. They may get in, into a wild card or potentially win the North or, or get into the playoff and get down south early. But the Bears, I tell you folks, are going to be very dangerous and a force to reckon with for many, perhaps years to come in that NFC because they can get after the quarterback. They have an opportunistic offense. They can run the football. They have dynamic players like Tariq Cohen that you can put in the X, put in the Y, the returning guy, it kind of your poor man's, you know, Tyreek Hill, not essentially Tyreek Hill, but he, he's a do-it-all type running back. And one of those new age running backs that you could put in the X and the Y and match them up with linebackers. So the Bears are going to be a very interesting team to watch for and, 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 and take because, you know, the Vikings aren't looking good right now. Aaron Rodgers isn't healthy. So if there were any time that the Bears could benefit off of these uh, teams that are looking bad, it would be now. And boy, the Bears are going to have a bright future ahead of them. And this is Sebi's Podcast.